Uh, good afternoon and welcome to another edition of One Amazing Experience. And I'm delighted today to be joined by Nick Mead, who is the Managing Director of Eden Caterers. And we're doing a special one today as it is World Environment Day, UN World Environment Day. And we're delighted to have Nick along today. Um, Eden are probably the most sustainable of all the caterers out there. Um, they have a three-star uh, Food Made Good Rating from the Sustainable Restaurant Association. Um, and we'll go far more into Nick and uh, Eden in terms of all the initiatives and actions they take in terms of making sure that their, their produce and what they do and how they deliver is done in a very sustainable level. Um, Nick, would you like to give us sort of 30 seconds to a minute on, I suppose, Eden and what you do? And I know we're talking to you in your offices, which are in a railway arch. So should we hear any funny noises? It will be a train going overhead. It'll be the uh, the 508 leaving from Waterloo. Uh, hi, Philip. Great <laughs> to see you. Um, long time no see. Um, yeah, I'm Nick Mead, um, MD at Eden Caterers. Uh, have been here for 25 years uh, in the last yeah, week. I think it was last week. It's my 25th year. Um, we are a corporate caterers based in Waterloo. Um, we predominantly are B2B. Um, started out back in the day you know, supplying food for business meetings in central London. And then quite quickly, clients would ask, oh, can you do the canopy reception or can you do some private dining? And and then it just sort of spiraled from there. Uh, so uh, our biggest USP, I guess, and people know us for is our sustainability. Um, we, we feel that we're probably the most sustainable caterer in the UK and we've been awarded uh, to that. Um, and we, I guess we really care, focus on, on what we do. And I, yeah, we love doing it still after all this time. Thank you, Nick. And it, and I almost must say, you you are, you are, or Eden are many award winners as well, or multi award winners. Uh, and I obviously won the Square Meal Canapé Cup, almost unbeaten for many years in terms of doing that, in terms of the quality Into of your our food. Friends Boulevard. <laughs> and then uh, you also had. Um, I know you were shortlisted for a Katie Award in 2019. I think it was a Health and Wellbeing Award as well. Um, and you've also won a Waterloo Community Award for your actions as well in terms of what you've done. And I'm sure there's many others that I'm not aware of. Um, but it's, um, it's great to see both you adapting a very sustainable approach to what you do, not putting that against the quality of what you do or not, not making that adverse to the quality you do um, in terms of what you can deliver to people. Um, so it'll be fantastic to hear today in terms of your event and what it, what it will be. Obviously, we'll be taking you through your venue, look and feel, music, tipple of choice, what meal it will be, entertainment, celebrity if you would like one, uh, your first dance track if you will be dancing. Uh, I'm sure you will be. And uh, a big departure, what you'll be doing, and uh, one gift to all your guests, be it uh, an actual gift or a gesture or whatever you would like to do. Um, so to start the ball rolling, Nick, uh, where will your event be? Well, I had obviously had a little bit of thinking time um, to do. And I think rather than picking a particular venue or I just think a place for me. So, um, and this is very uh, a sustainable feel. I'd like it to be a really relaxed beach setting, somewhere tropical. Um, so a, be a beach party, definitely for me. Um I'm a, I'm a massive lover of the ocean, um, soon to be, hopefully, qualified as a dive master. So um, scuba is my passion. So being on the beach with friends is, uh, I guess, where the party starts. Do you have a, a favourite beach, let's say, to, to save you doing the whole world? Do you have a favourite beach in the UK? 
I don't think I could dive in the UK. It's far too cold. <laughs> okay. um, and give me your location no, in the world. Uh, okay, well, the place that we were due to be going to before this pandemic struck, we were going to Belize. And uh, actually, friends of ours um, recently, um, before pre, just, just before COVID, um, hired a place called Bird Island in, in Belize. It's actually not on the beach. It's actually on a reef. But uh, I guess somewhere tropical, um, Belize would be great. I guess anywhere right now would be fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most definitely. Fantastic. So uh, we're on a beach in Belize. I don't think you'd have any trouble getting your guests to come to that. I think <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and how many how many friends, family, colleagues will you be having along to your event? Um, I don't know, 30, 50, you know, just a, yeah, a, a quite um, intimate affair, um, nearest and dearest. Um, we know how to party as well. So um, anybody who comes would be expected to dance and then have fun. So Brilliant, brilliant. And I'm sure they will do. And um, going back to the beginning in terms of yourself, as you say, you've been with Eden um, 25 years. Um, it, it says on LinkedIn 25 years and five months, actually. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's all well, right. This is, this is yeah, Vortex plan. <laughs> where have those years gone where are those years gone Nick you don't look a year older uh, and uh, you studied at Westminster Kingsway College is that right did yeah so originally um, I never wanted to be in catering I, uh, I actually uh, growing up um, I studied to become a football coach and that's actually what I qualified in um, but unfortunately the the football industry back in the day and probably still now and I'm not in it and I was in it for for the first part of my career here at Eden um, was is a bit about who you know not what you know and that wasn't really for me um, even though the, the football world is 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 really sort of well is open now when you know, I was in the 90s, it wasn't really as open as it is now. So you didn't have the internet. You couldn't really put yourself about. And you had to write to people uh, to get to, to, to open doors. And the doors would only really open if you was related to someone in the industry or if your dad was a footballer or what it might be. Um, and that wasn't my case. And I was a qualified football coach. But just I just felt it was a little bit too clicky for me and, and, and moved away from it. Um, so then, randomly, um, I, I applied for a job at a catering company, um, which uh, is where I still am today. Um, my family actually have got catering backgrounds. Um, my gran was, uh, was actually head of schools cooking for the whole of the Inner London Education Authority back in the day. So wow. uh, we, the catering was a thing, uh, but just not for me. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's, uh, that's how I started. But, yeah, I went to Kingsway actually to study um, – uh, leisure and administration alongside my football coaching because obviously you had to have a qualification as well as not just being on the football field. Um, but um, yeah, so the catering, even though uh, Westminster Kingsway is a great college for catering, I didn't actually go there for that. <laughs> but maybe some bit rubbed off as well as with, yeah. your, with your gran as well. Uh, that must have been, in terms of her job, that must have been very interesting. I, mean, I guess food back then was slightly different. Yeah, well, it was real food back then. I mean, yeah. it, there was no, like, burgers and fries like when I was growing up at school. I mean, they actually made real food. These, she, she was a cook. Um, so it, it changed a lot. And I guess, and obviously the ILIA, Inland Educational Authority, also changed as well. Um, and then the, the catering in schools, you know, 
was actually all outsourced in the end and it all became contract catering style rather than having you know cooks and you know, chefs back then just cooks making real hearty food so yeah it was a it was an eye-opener to a big change in the industry um but I always remember you know having lots of food around when I grew up and um helping you know my, my mom and my grand cook and stuff it was you know, so I guess I guess got the, the love for it yeah so you learned to cook from an early age yeah, I think there's pictures of me at sort of three years old playing with pastry. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think uh, helping my mum out growing up, I, I love to to be in the kitchen. Um, Correct. You know, so yeah. the days when when people cooked every night. Absolutely, absolutely, still happens in some houses. That's definitely. Yeah, it certainly happens in mine. There you go. Um, and uh, so you obviously joined Hugh. And what was your role when he first joined Eden? Uh, I came in as kitchen manager, but that didn't last very long. Um, Hugh quite quickly, I think, saw potential uh, potential in me, um, uh, trust, and uh, quite quickly I became ops manager. And then not long after, actually, Hugh invited me to become director, uh, subsequently shareholder of the business. So um, I think with, it was just became quite, I just got the hang of it. I just enjoyed it. Um, and could problem solve. wasn't really sort of focused on the kitchen that's working in the kitchen, but I knew I know my way around. Um, and then yeah, just just thought, okay, I like this. Um, and I had the the vision. I had the vision, kind of the same vision as you. And we, I guess, until this day, we have the same vision now. You know, it's, we have, even though we're twenty years uh, in age apart, um, almost exactly, um, we have the same vision to this day, which is great. Uh, yeah, that's brilliant. We still enjoy now. Yeah. And did uh, it, it in 25 years ago when, when Hugh started it and when you joined, was it still the same focus on, on sustainable practices then? Were you much before the curve in terms of is it just something I know from from Hugh's work and that it's really, it, it comes from the heart in terms of what you do, your sustainability. It's not, it's not a fad. It's nothing like that. No. So, I mean, uh, back in the day, we were always, we classed ourselves as being environmentally aware. Um, and our original landlords, when we based at Warburton, we were based at Tower Bridge, were the Environment Trust. So I think the um, the rules that they put on us as being part of their, you know, their building um, were back in the day was environmental issues with recycling mainly. So we were always always aware of, of our presence uh, in the community as a, as a business and, and how we could help. And I guess it wasn't until um, just after the millennium that we started to really take more of an interest in the environment. And then we were invited as part of the London 2012 Olympics to help rewrite the British standard, the BS8901. Do you remember that one? Yeah, yeah. Um, which became an ISO in the end. Um, so we were we were asked, along with our friends down at 15 Hatfields, to help rewrite the um, British standard. So myself and Hugh spent many, many hours in a classroom with um, many other venues and, and contractors to help rewrite this British standard because, oh, hey, there's an Olympic Games and it's going to be the most sustainable games of all time, but they didn't have a sustainability policy. Mm. So let's write one. So we were the guinea pigs. So I guess I guess when we got involved in that, it really switched from being us being environmentally aware. Local produce has always been the, uh, the number one in the business back in the 90s was the same homegrown food that was always the philosophy 
But I guess the the sustainability element. Um, sorry, trying to go ahead. Uh, the sustainability element sort of really, really sort of um, came on after the sit-in the BSA 901. And then sustainability for us not wasn't just about environment anymore. It was about the social and financial impacts as well. So it was, it was a nice thing to put it all together. That's amazing. And, and, and am I right in saying BSA 890 became ISA 2012? That's correct. Yeah. 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 So we were, uh, we were the one of, I think, eight companies or, or contractors at the time, including, I think it was uh, Olympia or Excel, um, 15 Hatfields ourselves, a couple of um, of the um, associations were also involved. And we, yeah, we went through right to the end and, and, and helped rewrite it. So what you what you see today is, is from the workings of a group of uh, 10 or 12 businesses. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. <clears throat> Well, we're on your um, undoubtedly very sustainable beach. Um, we've probably arrived arrived by boat after you've been scuba diving, checking out that reefs are being looked after. Yeah, obviously. definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, music is your is your guest arrived? Oh, definitely. Yeah. So I think because we're on a beach, it's got to be some kind of uh, Caribbean carnival theme. Um, bit of reggae going on. Yeah, a bit of reggae, a bit of samba, maybe some still pans, you know, as they get off the boat. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, nice. so a nice laid-back, chilled vibe. Yeah. And what drinks will you be serving with it? Oh, if it's going to be rum. So we've had yeah. mojitos. Um, uh, maybe I'd be told off there wasn't anything sparkling. So some bellinis, maybe some mango bellinis, or hmm. um, we can use maybe maybe nice i like cremont we we got a connection with the guys over in the loire so um some rather than use something different use a bit of cremont some, some mango fresh mango uh, but yeah mojitos we're on a beach absolutely yeah yeah all be good and uh is this sort of as sun is setting are we talking is sort of you know orange sun in the distance as, oh as, definitely yeah. Yeah. Definitely. There's a fire burning as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we get off the boat probably late, late afternoon. Um, but we will be on that beach until the sun rises. Ah, okay. This is great. So when I say big departure, we'll see it, mate. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excellent stuff. And uh, am I right in saying that you are also a master beekeeper? Yeah. Yeah. So... This is another part of the sort of community uh, aspect. Uh, in, um, I'm not sure if you remember, but there was a, a drive with um, the mayor, the old mayor, uh, to create 2012 sustainable green spaces in central London for 2012. And we were selected, uh, Eden was selected to create one of those spaces. So I think we're number 959, and that is a community beehive that, that I um look after it's no longer at eden um it's now in hughes garden um in in west london uh, but for years it was outside our front door uh, and i was the i was the trained community capital b beekeeper um for this area so uh, it was about a year um i studied for um and shadowed a, a very well-known london beekeeper yeah and became became a beekeeper it was great great honey 
Um, and now Hugh, I don't do so much anymore. Hugh has still got two hives. I think he's actually got three right now. So we had a swarm last week. Um, but yeah, we've we've still got bees to this day. Brilliant stuff. And do uh, you, uh, you you used your honey in your in Eden? Yeah, we, where we can, obviously, there's not enough. And certainly um, years, you know, some years you can have a great crop and, and some years you have to leave everything off for the bees. We try not to take everything off. But we would never, you know, you don't really want to wait, make them work too hard. Um, we make our own lip balm, which we give away to clients um, when we, you know, probably see a client or staff. But we have used the honey um, in our own, we make our own granola, so we sometimes use the honey in the seasons. Um, but generally, it's used as a giveaway to to staff, friends, clients. Yeah, as uh, well as making well, making some beauty products. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, and I believe people get very attached to their bees. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, well, they physically attach you because I get stung <laughs> quite often, and uh, but now get reactions. Uh, my hands now, my hands now swell from the bees, and Hughes had a couple of of stings. But yeah, I mean, we are particular people. People are particular about their hives and their bees. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. Great. Um, so your guests have arrived. We've got some uh, some carnival music going on. Steel pans, mojitos. Uh, will you be serving any canapes? Definitely. Uh, I haven't picked out which ones I'd want, um, but uh, yeah, definitely canapes on arrival. Um, just to just to soak up a little bit of the alcohol, I think, because it will be a boozy affair. Yeah, no, fair enough. I'm sure one of your was one of your award-winning canapes, wasn't it? Goat's cheese and honey. Was that was yes, it? it was. Yeah, goat's cheese and honey. I'm not sure if I get much goat's cheese on the beach, but um, once yeah, I'm stuck on the canapes, but uh, <laughs> definitely canapes on arrival. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. And. Uh, in terms of, so you talk about being on a beach, which is quite fitting, really. But I know that in in terms of, you know, you, you use no single use plastic. I guess in terms of, I know that that Hugh uh, cycled around the UK in terms you of hash, hashtag refill. Yeah, hashtag refill. Yeah, do you want to talk more about that? Yeah. So um, obviously, um, our drive to have no single use plastics in the business uh, was successful a couple of years back. So we were completely single-use plastic free. Uh, we're actually uh, cornstarch and uh, we use a plant um, platter now. But so Hugh said, right, I'm going to go off and do something really wacky. And he said, I'm going to cycle the coastline of the UK. He actually did it over two years in the end. He didn't do it um, in one hit because the weather, obviously got weather changes. And when he was up in the, the, the highlands, there are midges that can bite the life out of you in certain parts <laughs> of the year. So he split it in two. He started in Liverpool and finished in Norfolk. Um, so we're right ground. And, and the plan was to, to promote single the, the, the non-use of single-use plastic water bottles and so the refill um, scenario. So he cycled on his push bike um, and stopped at every uh, coffee shop, cafe, restaurant, hotel on his coastal journey and walked in with a sticker and, uh, and and a sign-up form and got them to sign up there and then to be refill stations. So anybody in the country with with the refill app can search and uh, on the coastline and get, but actually it's not just the coastline there, it's everywhere, and find out where you can take your water bottle in and 
get it refilled. And he did that um, over two seasons, and um, he actually he loved it. Um, he came back looking like Robson Crusoe. He had a huge white beard. Um, <laughs> he he washed himself in the sea. He, he um, yeah, he really enjoyed it. And the second year, um, when he, he did the, the, the last, Angelie's wife actually uh, went off and did it with him, which was great, and they really enjoyed it. Um, and uh, and he signed up thousands um, of, of coffee shops. He didn't get a sign up from Trump Turnbury though. We're not sure why, but that was a no. <laughs> no, that's a good story but uh, i was going to ask yeah. you what numbers but it, if it's in the thousands, then it's in the thousands. yeah yeah he yeah. was great it, is, it was a really good success and we had great lots of pr for the for the refill uh, yeah. project um we didn't do it for pr we did it to make to make sure that people understand that they shouldn't you know use refill one of these you know that's it's about i'm not a full tour um so yeah ditch the plastic um, and refill any, any, I guess you, and you obviously have to be client led to a degree, but obviously it's an educational pit to clients. But if you're if you're delivering in lunch or whatever, and they want water with it, is have you a way of avoiding, or do you, do you just use those which are highly recycled? Yeah, so we use Bellu now. Um, so it's a, a recycled bottle. Um, it's uh, ethical, ethically sourced as well, and they've got a great story behind it. They obviously donate money to uh, wall trade type charities. Um, but no plastic for us. Um, we tried with the reusable stainless steel bottle into the clients, but it was very difficult to control. They were very, very expensive to purchase uh, when you purchase in bulk. Um, and then the collection, and then if, 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 when you've got a collect, then you're increasing your, your, your delivery miles. So straight away, that was sort of uh, increasing the carbon footprint. So that was a no-no. Um, so now at least the clients can recycle their glass. It's white, it's, so it's clear glass. So it's it's uh, it's a commodity. Um, so that in a way, it's uh, that helps as well. So no, not going back in to collect was the, was the key. Yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense. And have you been able to find substitutes things like cling film? Yeah, we use a um, a food wrap which we had um, made in for us. It wasn't available at the time. It's a cornstarch. Um, it's a bit crinkly. Um, that's the only mm -hmm. downside. It's a bit noisy, but yeah, so that's now used. We don't use, uh, I think there's some cook, cling film in the kitchen because when you're making a roulade, you can't actually make it with cornstarch. You can't get the tie, but it, our food's not wrapped in king cling film anymore. It's wrapped in a, in a, in a biodegradable cornstarch. It's a PLA, lactic acid. Amazing stuff, and I know you. You, you know, in terms of your, your, you have a sustainable development, as you call it, in terms of your wording on the website, and you do, you do review it every year. So I guess do, do you sort of you and Hugh sit down and go through where you are and what you've achieved? Yeah, I, I mean, we have obviously fixed KPIs, so we we monitor how much waste, uh, water, electricity, um, fuel that we're using, and we sit down as a team, not just myself and Hugh. It's um, we have actually a sustainable group of t uh, team in the business. So members from the office, members, uh, driver, kitchen team come together uh, as part of a, a, a sustainable sort of group and sit down and discuss where we're at, what we you know what we want to achieve, what's the realistic goal. You know, it's it's okay saying oh we want to be achieve zero this, but you got to be realistic because you can't achieve that zero. So the, the reductions, I think the biggest was was changing the, um, we moved to a lower emitting diesel engine. Unfortunately, it's still diesel because the electric vehicle um, with refrigeration isn't possible yet. 
electric vehicles are out there and you see lovely electric vans out there, but um, you won't get one with a refrigerant on there. You know, it's just too too, um, too powerful for the for the battery. So sitting down yeah, with the team, actually discussing what our, our aims are each year. Um, but maintaining is the main thing. Um, obviously, the zero plastics and the zero to landfill um, was the key back in the day. And that was that we ticked those off quite quickly. Brilliant, brilliant. And do you find that, that as you, as you, you know, it's always it's a question that we have, and we've we've moved to a, in terms of off to work. We're, we're using ecology to offset carbon, so make sure our team are carbon neutral, and we're looking at how we then encourage when we're recruiting people, planting trees for them, etc., just to involve them. But do you find, in terms of, of the people you're bringing into the business, that it, that it is a big thing to them in terms of your stance on it, or do you find that you have to bring them around to believe in it? Um, I think it's a lot easier now because the younger generation coming through know exactly what the sustainability is about. Um, it was a lot harder back in the day. You know, we train every member of staff in sustainability. It's one of the, the, the elements you get trained in when you're, you start with a business. Um, we will discuss openly in the office all the time sustainability, but you'll actually have, to have a formal training session um, in the business um, on sustainability but yeah it, it's certainly easier now because everybody comes in they know that single-use plastics uh, you know, are not great they know buying locally is fantastic um, using electricity you know electric vehicles using public transport they that central london just drives that anyway uh, and the yeah. costs in the costs in central london drive that so um steering steering clear of driving in central london um, yeah. is kind of Everybody knows that. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, there's going to be no driving on your beach. Uh, so, <laughs> um, and there's going to be, obviously, glass bottles for your water, et cetera, et cetera. It's all good. No plastics around. Uh, in terms of when we come on to, obviously, an important bit, and it's always lovely talking to caterers about their meal of choice. Uh, so in terms of your, your meal, are you going for a, a standard three-course, or are you out on beach? Are you going for barbecue? You, yeah, it's got to be barbecue. There'll, yeah. be no, there'll be no sitting down, only at the end of the night when you can't dance anymore. Um, yeah, it's got to be a barbecue. Um, for me, a barbecue um, brings people together. It's, it's almost a, um, a piece of entertainment. You know, over the years, we've done many barbecues for, for clients, and it's, it's a bit of you, you're creating a bit of theatre. Um, so, food wise, uh, good lamb for me is um, is always great on a barbecue. You know, some you're by the sea, so some. some some great king prawns, maybe some lobster, some char-grilled corn. Um, get your hands dirty, you know, no knives or forks. Um, <laughs> we're, we're on a beach. Prawns, lobster, lamb. I'll try not to salivate too much. Yeah. Uh, and you, you obviously, as you talked about, you know, you go for local produce, and I'm sure in terms of uh, being able to um, know where the foods come from, etc., is, is hugely important to you. I mean, how 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 do you manage that? And equally, I suppose people listening to this as well. To me, there's a, there's a lot of either false information out there, or either there's a lack of balanced information out there in terms of if you look at the likes of of seaspiracy and other things which are on Netflix, etc. You know, it's, they say there's no no such thing as sustainable fishing. I mean, what's what's you know Eden's viewpoint and knowledge and understanding of this? Um, it's very difficult. The Sea Spiracy documentary was obviously very misleading, <laughs> misleading in the end. Um, 
it all depends on how far you take it. Obviously, uh, we don't buy overfish stock at all. There's there's obviously a traffic light system in sustainable um, purchasing with fish. Um, red being do not touch, shark fin, endangered species. Amber, um, and things do fluctuate between amber and green quite often. Um, there was a, a whole issue with, with salmon a few years back where the salmon was infested with lice and it went you know, to, a, to an amber stock. Um, so if we stick to the... Um, the, the marine certification on, on, on fish and we'll only buy green. Sometimes we have to go into amber, but green is where we're at. So yes, sustainability in fish, overfishing is obviously the key. Um, we want to fish and we don't actually use a great deal of fish anymore. It's, it's quite difficult in our industry where, you know, we're not always sit down dining, we're also doing food for meeting. So, you, you know, serving, you can't have cod, you won't use cod anyway because it's not sustainable. But yeah, things that work in sandwiches or on skewers, fish-wise, is few and far between. And because our, our purchase in Eden is mainly UK projects, meat, fish and poultry, um, there's not much that we sure in the UK that you can serve. So, yes, salmon, yes, mackerel, trout, that's it. We don't serve, well, and North Atlantic prawns, but you don't serve tiger prawns anymore. We haven't served anything like a tiger prawn probably for 15 years. Um, no tuna on our menu for that reason also. Um, so I think it's purchasing when in season and also fish that's plentiful is the key. Um, so it's um, the choice is um, we... In the sourcing of our products, we we go to a great deal in 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 trying to I guess reduce the amount of of meat uh, on our menu. So there's only actually one beef product on our menu nowadays. We used to have many more. Um, filling the menu with vegan and vegetarian now. Um, chicken, obviously, um, and obviously we have um, our great gammons we get from. Libra farm, um, so we roast the and we roast all of our meats, meat seed, and poultry and fish. Um, so, I guess the the uh, sustainability element is is using um, UK shored or caught in, in the fish terms. And and don't be silly; you don't have to buy something flown in from the other side of the world. It just doesn't. You don't have to do that. Eat in the season. Eat for where you're you, you're living. Um, and uh, try not to fly anything in. That's that's crucial. Yeah. No, thank you. It is crucial. It's, um, it's it's great that you're doing it. I always look for the British apple at supermarkets. Never always so easy to find. It's very difficult. I mean, apples. Uh, I'm not sure if you know this fact, but apples are cold stored for up to maybe 15, 16 months before they you know they pick cold store them. It could be 15 months from picking to you eating it. Wow. Yeah, and that, but that's because of the nature of the product. You know, there's how many people eat an apple a day. You know, it's um, they are cold stored. Are the cold stored at the right temperature, they last for a long, long time. You know, bananas are picked when they are dark green, and obviously they ripen in transit. Um, but apples are picked and and uh, and, and chilled, cold stored. Um, I didn't tell you about my dessert, did I? No, we haven't got that yet. I mean, you can tell me about it now. Now we're on apples. Perfect. Oh, you're going to say. Okay, we're on the apples. Well, it's obviously going to be ice cream or gelato. And the reason, the only reason I'm bringing it up because um, um, I'm not going to get this on the beach, but I might get some and take with me somehow is the uh, 
is the Sicilian blood orange ice cream, the gelato from Danielli on Richmond Green. I'm not allowed to have it anymore because I just don't stop. You know, it's one of those ones that she doesn't let me go in there. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm, uh, it'll be it'll be ice cream. It'll be straightforward, but very good gelato. It has to be very, very good. Well, we'll have to get someone from Danielli out there to make it locally for you rather than, than try and fly very out. Very likely. If, you, if you've not it's tried it, you, if you've not tried it, you've got to try it. Go yeah. to Danielli. On, I'm, I don't own them. I, I don't know them in there. I just use them. <laughs> we all have our weaknesses, Nick. We know now yours. Yeah. Excellent stuff. Yeah. And uh, I mean, talking about food as well, I know that one thing that, that you have also been supporting, I guess, probably ever more so during the pandemic and in, and in 2021, um, is the Felix Project, which I think you've lent them your vans. Is that right? Yeah, they currently have, uh, I think they've got three or maybe even four of our vehicles now. So um, Hugh's wife, Angela, um, volunteers for Felix. So people don't know Felix Project, um, recover or well, they get given the food that's maybe just going out of date or just gone out of date that's um, coming from the likes of uh, i actually probably won't mention is it good to mention them can i mention them um from yeah. the um fr from people like gusto or hello fresh um, some of the big supermarket chains directly from farms food that's probably just past its sell by um and not fit fit for the supermarket or, or it will slightly it will it'll run out fairly soon. So they get sent tons and tons and tons of projects on a daily basis. Um, and they sort it and they try and pass it on to people that can use it. Um, so we've, we've donated um, on, on loan um, our vehicles to them during the pandemic. Um, so they physically move um, produce around, pick up from farms. Uh, they have, after it's been delivered to the feeders project, they've been taken out somewhere else to, to so this food doesn't go into into waste unfortunately a lot of it does go into waste because this physical is a lot of food it's tons of food every day mm. um and uh, but it's scary how much food is being still being wasted now yeah yeah i mean i this this statistic from them was that they'd i think it's i think this is only in 2021 as well so we're only what five months in into the six months now 11 million meals they've done to londoners oh definitely i mean i'm surprised it's not more to be honest um it more now. yeah it's um it's a really it's a worrying figure and it's a worrying sight um it's the amount and and, and the, i guess the the emergence of these internet-based companies and there's also now we've got internet-based supermarkets um, there's there's five in our street now uh, on Hercules Road. They're all darks, well, the classes dark or last mile supermarkets. It's really worrying the amount of stock they actually just disperse off at the end of the day. And, and like the Felix Project actually pick up or either deliver to them. It's, it's really worrying. I guess worrying, though. I guess from a positive side, this waste must have been happening before, and at least now it is being repurposed. Um. I think it's getting worse though, because there are more people doing it. Okay. There are more. There are more supermarkets of this dark kitchen style supermarkets propping up. So you haven't got an opportunity to walk in there and sell to the you know to the member of public. Yes, you can reach people more with the, with the app, um, but there there there's always speculation. There are always 
over ordering and then obviously under delivering. So um, they've got this, the waste. The, the waste is astronomical. It is just scary how much food is going to waste. Wow. What do you think can be done about it? Um, I, I mean, our vision and our view, uh, Eden's view, is, is getting back to the. You know, this whole pandemic's taught us one thing: is that we need to be local. Still, we need to still be local. Have your local fruit and veg shop. Have your local fishmonger. Have your local butcher. Um, there isn't there isn't many on the high street. You, I mean, there are a few coming back in more in affluent areas. There are obviously really good butchers, fishmongers, and in greengrocers. But you need more of those. You need people to get back and buy with their hands, smell the fruit and vegetables. Um, I'm not really into this, uh, the ready meals delivering to your home or the, or the shopping delivering to your home. I think the, the local produce, the local guy, support your local guy, um, girl, guy, um, shop um, is, is where we need to get back to. And it, we've been screaming it for years. And it, um, we did start to go down that road. Um, but obviously the pandemic hit. No one was allowed to go out the house, so these all these supermarkets cropped up. Yeah. Um, and there's a new one where they can get to you in 15 minutes. If you've got an item, you can go on the app, and they'll get to you in 15 minutes with what you've forgotten. Um, that's great convenience, but then they're having to stock all this produce. Sure. Better, better planning and, and more of them. You know, there's there's just isn't any about. There isn't a fruit and veg shop. You know, traditional, you know, fruitier or the the, the the greengrocer, there isn't hardly any about now. Yeah. Well, as retail has gone through quite a hard patch, it may, it may become now the situation where they can afford to actually the rents and rates, etc., to do it. So, or may it continue? And obviously, we'll all be walking there rather than driving or of course. to to our local <laughs> to our local veg shop. Um, entertainment of choice. Well, entertainment. I don't really, I'm not really into sort of uh, fire breathers or anything like that, but I think um, a good party has to have a good DJ. So that would be the entertainment. It'd be a, be a good DJ, DJ that plays a, a complete mix of, of music. And I like everything. Um, obviously, we're on a beach, so I'll have to be a bit of soul, hip hop, a bit of reggae. Um, never know, a bit of, a bit of garage music as well. That always gets the party going. Um, but yeah, just. Com- Anything to get the party started, but a good DJ that knows the crowd. Um, well, there's, there's, there's no budget on this. You can spend what you like. Is there a particular DJ you'd like to have along? No, I'm not really into my sort of Calvin Harris or that. I actually got <laughs> a good friend. I've, I'd recommend him. He's a good mate okay. of mine. Um, that's a, is a DJ, but I'll fly him out. Uh, or, yeah, we'll fly him out. We won't sail him out because that'd be far too um, costly um, and not sustainable either because obviously a long boat trip is, is uh, sometimes – um, a bit more carbon um, carbon heavy than the flight. So, um, yeah. Interesting thought. Pretty fly, yeah. And uh, would you have a celebrity at your party? Same. I'm not really into celebrities, but if I had to pick, um, well, I'm not going to pick two, but I'm going to give two options. Sure. So if it was for a comedy factor, it'd be Will Ferrell, because he's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then if, if it wasn't for the comedy and we wanted to be uh, – celebrity there that could do something else then uh it'd probably be bruno mars you can do a set you know okay it's kind of same kind of vibe it's on a beach chilled <laughs> um so yeah, a bit of bruno mars brilliant well i think you can get away with both, having both if i'm being honest oh, great. yeah i mean you, you know you've chosen not to... it, though. 
<laughs> well, as I say, there's no budget on this. It's okay. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, it's all right. You can, you can, you can play that. It's no, it's not an issue. So yeah, we've got, uh, and as you were, you know, you didn't go for Calvin Harris, as you mentioned, you went for your mate doing EDJ. Yeah. So you allow Bruno Mars to do a set for you and Will Ferrell just to be there to make everyone laugh. Sounds a very sensible option. Um, you've obviously, we, we, we touched on the pandemic and your learnings of it. I mean, um, it's obviously been extremely hard for your industry. How has how has Eden coped? Have you pivoted during it, or how's your team done? Um, it's been like for everybody in our industry. Um, it's been a dreadful time. Um, there have been uh, some really dark days, um, but we're still here. Uh, fourteen months, fourteen months in, we're still here. Um, obviously, the team has shrunk, and we have pivoted a bit. We've, you know, as you know, we we, we did the, uh, the food produce deliveries to home. Uh, we supported the NHS um, in making meals for the front line. Um, we we've we, we created a new brand which goes live in four weeks, which is is I guess is the future. Um, which uh, I can't mention too much about now, but I guess if you keep your eyes peeled on Eden Caterers uh, socials, you'll see that. Um, I guess flexing, like everybody had to, um, and and staying positive, which has been really difficult. That's probably been the hardest, and we've all been affected by um, by stress. Um, I don't really, I don't think I've spoke to anybody that hasn't had a, a stressful time in parts of this, and I think the the last of the lockdowns in, over the Christmas period was probably the hardest. But we're still here, and we're still supporting our team. Um, just trying to have a positive uh, as possible outlook, um, yeah. and try to rebuild. It, it feels like we're starting we're starting afresh, um, yeah. but to, it's just positivity. Um, and uh, we always look at we look at everything. You know, we always look um, at any opportunity that comes along. And you know, we've been we've been doing that since we started. You know, we've made five acquisitions in the last eighteen years because we talk to everybody, because we keep our options open, because we keep we help our you know our, our, our competitors out. You know, during the pandemic, I've probably spoken to everybody who is my close competitor. Um, yeah. which is great. I mean, you, I think you have to. Um, and that is, I guess that's what one of the things we've, we've learned. Keep doing it because opportunities arise when you talk. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. It's, it's been a far more, I suppose, um, communication and uh, empathy in this industry than, than, than ever, really, in terms of everyone getting through the same. Maybe it's, it's same storm, different boats, most definitely. Um, but we are trying to get through and sail through that same storm. Um, funny enough, the the, the the UN World Environment Day, the, the the tagline is "Reimagine, Recreate, and Restore," which is kind of fitting coming out of this pandemic, I must say. Um, and can I ask? Often, when people do go through um, a tricky trading period, other things tend to go out the window. Why people are looking to how they do things cheaper rather than necessarily keeping to their core values have you been able to to keep to the core values in terms of sustainability and would you say that actually you can be very much sustainable and also keep costs down you know be as efficient as possible yeah that's a bit of a myth to be honest with the um the sustainability being more you know environmentally friendly be or sustainability being more expensive 
because you actually do say over the over the longer term you actually do save money during the pandemic one thing we noticed was the you know we didn't the country the world an amazing work on getting rid of single-use plastics and particularly the coffee cup you know but now you're not allowed to take your coffee cup into prep to get re refilled or your other high street coffee supplier so those kind of things have, have kind of put a bit of sustainability on the back burner and i guess for us it should never be on the back burner we should you should try and do it at the same time um so where we have flexed a little bit during um covid we have flexed in a way that we've tr still try to stay as sustainable as possible so yes we are supplying mills but those mills are supplied in biodegradable packaging so try not to lose focus um but yeah we def we definitely saw and that other, i think the cup thing was the biggest you know issue we saw during the pandemic where people were refusing to use a single uh, to a reusable cup because of the risk of, of obviously catching covid yeah for sure well, as you say hopefully hopefully we will return to where we can all get our, our cups in and ask for refills etc at all those places that Hugh got signed up for us. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, first dance track? Oh, depends how funky the night is. is or how, So it could be September by Earth, Wind & Fire or Get Lucky by Daft Punk. Um, so they both will get the party started. I'm sure, I'm sure whichever is played first, the other one will still be played anyway. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I'll be shouting yeah. out for it. <laughs> um and and who has most inspired you nick either i suppose in terms of what you do catering wise or or in terms of the, the sustainable angle um that that even takes um i guess from a personal point of view um and it'd be more guidance as well as inspiration it would be hugh um obviously i've been working with hugh for 25 years um so I must, he must be doing something right. But um, I think it's the guidance as, as well as, you know, inspiring, you know, his vision and our visions are aligned, which is really weird for, for, for people that, you know, you will look at us and think, well, Hugh's 20 years old, how can you have the same vision? You know, your, your vision could have been that 20 years ago. But yeah, we came in at the same, uh, with the same vision, um, kind of match vision. And I guess, yeah, for, for me, um, after 25 years, I still enjoy working with him. Um, and I guess uh, he's more like a brother. I wouldn't say father figure. He would hate me for saying that, but <laughs> more, more like, a, more like a brother. So yeah, I guess, I, I guess it'd be Hugh and Ange, um, Ange has to have the shout as well. Um, we're still doing this successfully, uh, after all this time. Brilliant. And if Thank it was going to be an inspirational character or inspirational, uh, it would be Attenborough because uh, shouting about sustainability for all this time and he's still doing it now. Um, hats off to that guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, he's been, he's, he was, uh, the, the last one I did of these, he was he was the guest at the party. Okay. So maybe, maybe he'll come to yours as well. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, Positives that you think will come out of the current crisis? I know as you... I guess the same again, focusing on the local um, yeah. the local producer, not just producer, the local shopkeeper, 
um, giving the local, give the smaller guy a chance because that went out the window for a bit. Um, and we've, to be honest, as caterers, contract caterers go, we are one of the smaller guys. You know, we're not one of the big top four. Um, but we do get a lot of interest from the top four to work with them, which is great. And we do. We work with all of the the, the top four um, in the catering world. And I guess um, trusting the smaller guy, you know, trusting that smaller producer or that local producer um, and trusting that smaller caterer, like, you know, as, as we are. We're not small in terms of our industry now, but small in compared to the the UK industry, we are we're a small fry. Um, but um, yeah, I think getting back to the the real sustainable arguments, um, I think that's where coming out the cover side of this pandemic. That's what we've got got to get back to. Yeah, and and there are lots being done. There there is lots. Obviously, a lot of people are moaning regarding Central London. You know the restrictions, but there's a they have a quota to me to reduce carbon so yeah, it's got to be done somehow yeah so charging people 27 pounds to come into london now if you've got a, you know a car that's spitting out smoke it's the right way to go um so but obviously we're in central london and we have to make it work as well but i do understand you know what they're trying to do sometimes the way they get there is a bit of a problem um but it's it's, it's going in the right direction but it needs to be just like they did with the, the, the plastic bag tariff, um, more incentives like that to you know get rid of plastic and focusing on real sustainable agenda. Sure, sure. And do you have a do you have a, a, a best memory from your time at Eden? Nick? Um, we've worked on a lot of fantastic events uh, and worked with a lot of great people over the years. I've been, I guess, I've been quite lucky managed to you know, meet and, and chat with Prince Charles, who's uh, huge in sustainability uh, on a few occasions, actually, after one of our chats, um, uh, 15 Hatfields, actually, it was at 15 Hatfields when we met Hugh, Hugh met him. I was invited to have a look around the gardens. He also knew I was a beekeeper. Very funny story on the, on the night when we met him, he asked me, what do we do with the leftover wine from events, particularly the white wine? And I said, well, we don't often get. He said, what about the half bottles that people don't drink? So I said, well, I just don't know. they just come back to the kitchen and we pour them away. So well, well, hold on. Um, that's not my Prince Charles accent, by the way. Um, <laughs> uh, he said, hold on. Can In future, can you send that to the palace for me? So I said, yeah, of course. Why? So he said, I've converted the Aston to run on fuel, uh, on alcohol. I was like, yeah, of course. Anyway, it never happened because we never had as much uh, left over. But um, he's he's kind of a pioneer. And people sometimes don't really see that. I mean, the people in the industry obviously do get that he's re he is really passionate about it. Yeah. Um, and then obviously got to get a look around the palace, um, the gardens, and, and the beehive, um, which was which, which was great. So that was, I guess, that was probably one of the highlights. And we've met him a couple of times now, and then. I'm a big football fan, um, so I was, was lucky enough to work with the Arsenal uh, team on a, on a few occasions, looking after a couple of their big parties after their wins, uh, which was nice. And I looked after myself. I looked after Thierry Henry um, uh, when I did some work with Reebok um, on, a, on a big event. Um, 
So that was that was nice. Yeah, one of, yeah. One of my heroes. <clears throat> and so he should be, Nick. As a, as a, I'm assuming you're an Arsenal supporter. I'm an Arsenal supporter. So as a fellow Arsenal supporter, absolutely yeah. A, yeah. a legend of the game. <laughs> yeah, he was. He lied to me. He said he wasn't leaving on that day, and actually, two weeks later, he had left to go to Barcelona. Uh, so, but listen, I, I don't hold it against him. No. He'd given us good service at that point. Fantastic. And um, uh, you, I was about to ask you about future planning, but obviously you have future planning, but you can't tell us yet. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, we're close. I mean, we're four weeks yeah. away from launch. It's a new brand. <laughs> um, it's similar to what we're doing now, um, but in a in an even more sustainable way, a very, a very straightforward product that will be here in the market. Um, I, I shouldn't leave a spoiler out there, but yeah, it, it's launching in, in four weeks' time. Um, so um, it, we're excited, we're really excited. And it's given us given us time, and this is, uh, I guess it's the project we would have worked on, which may have taken us a bit longer, but obviously we've had a bit of time to focus and think, right, what else can we do? What, what's what's the market missing? Um, and we've, we think we've come up with an answer uh, for the market. Um, yeah, we can't wait. No, no, no. Yeah, we'll we'll we all wait in trepidation to see what what's coming out of Eden next. It'll be very good, I'm sure. And delighted to hear it's more on the sustainable as well. So yeah, it's a completely um, it'll be it'll be a completely biodegradable in a be completely biodegradable packaging, um, yeah. and it won't be and it won't be called Eden, but it will be connected okay. to Eden. Wonderful. Thank you. That's enough for teaser. I shall not yes. ask you anymore. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, and you obviously mentioned time there, but obviously your party does, unfortunately, we have to call time on it at some point, even if that is the next morning, as I understand, as sun rises. Uh, a big departure. Are you going off by boat? Yeah, definitely off by boat. Um, scuba gear is all packed on the boat for those that dive. Um, yeah. And we'll be diving maybe a, a couple of wrecks or, you know, doing a reef dive with some sharks or mantas. Yeah, that's the thing. But uh, you've got to be careful with a hangover, with, with obviously diving. You can't be too hungover. You shouldn't actually be hangover at all. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, off on yeah. the boat. And for those that want it, some people could snorkel if they want, but I'll, I'll be going deep. Down 30 metres and uh, or plus. Um, and, uh, yeah, and uh, in, enjoying what I love, um, the freedom, and seeing a different world. Um, yeah. And trying to, to see, and while you're down there, Pick up the litter because that's one thing that we teach everybody who's a diver. Pick up the litter. You see anything, pick it up when you're down there. What well, shouldn't be down there? Um, do your bit. Wonderful. Um, and uh, parting gift for your guests? Um, a hug because we haven't been able to do that. Yeah. And they're all my close friends and family. Um, so uh, a hug before they go. Um, that's a. Uh, don't need to give them a gift. A hug's, a, hug's, a hug's good enough right now. Yeah, a hug and a party that's gone on all night with with a a, a wonderful um, Caribbean. Well, I mean, I guess details. we'd have been sitting around. Um, we'd have been sitting around. The music, the DJ would have stopped, and it's probably I don't know, four a.m., five a.m., and uh, the fire will be sort of burning a, a little bit lower than it was. And we're sitting around reminiscing around the fire until that sun rises. Wonderful. Yeah, I think we can all see that picture. 
we're all we're, we're all we're all slightly jealous and look forward to the day when we can as you say all travel again uh, and experience such things but i'm sure it won't be long uh, but thank you very much nick as a, as as hugh said we are what we eat and uh, obviously eden provide us a wonderful sustainable product and um, the the work that you go into both in terms of supporting your community supporting local as you've mentioned so many times in terms of this the work that you do with with felix project your bees your traceability of your food your um replacement of cling film as much as you possibly can um non-use of, of plastic bottles etc etc it's, it's endless what you're doing and it's, it's wonderful to see um and uh, i'm sure it will only continue as you as you continue to refine what you do and we all look forward to hearing what your new product is in good time um but thank you also for talking through your amazing party on a beach in belize um and yes again we all wait to the day that we can all go flying out enjoy the sunshine as it is wonderfully raining in london today yes <laughs> uh and uh, yes a wonderful future as, as we see the market return and uh, i'm sure Eden and, and its stance uh, will be in a great position to, to see ever greater success going forward thank you philip and we look forward to the day when we've got your team back on site with us as well oh thank you nick we look forward to it too i assure yeah. you <laughs> thank you brilliant and uh have a great world environment day tomorrow or well, today thank you very much comes out. all the best cheers thank you <laughs>